Pray with me, please. Give me Jesus, Lord. Give me Jesus. You can have all the rest. Just give me Jesus. Amen. I think it's true. No sermon is so bad that you can't draw one good thought from it. No novel is so bad that you can't glean one good idea from its pages. No movie is so bad that you can't find one good line within it. Take, for example, the movie Always, directed by Steven Spielberg. It was a terribly inferior movie, but it did have one good line within it. In the story, the lead character dies in a crash. He later on returns as a ghost, and he appears to the woman he loved. He says to her, I loved you. I should have put it into words. I should have told you and shown you that I love you. For I have learned that the love we hold back is the only pain that follows us here. There it is. That's the one good line in that bad movie. The love we hold back in the here and now is the only pain that follows us in the hereafter. Now, I want you to take that line and put it in the side of your brain for just a little while. I'll come back to it later. It is never easy to be a father. Never. Anyone who has ever been a father, or a mother for that matter, knows the daunting challenge parenthood can be. And the reason it's so hard is because all of us are amateurs. No one but no one is an expert. We have all kinds of so-called experts in parenting, but they have just as many troubles with their children as you and I have with ours. No one is an expert. In my experience, and I speak from my own person as well as from the personal experiences I have had, no parent is good enough or strong enough or wise enough or patient enough or mature enough or secure enough to be a parent. And therefore, we have no alternative except to throw ourselves onto the mercies and the resources of Almighty God. Therefore, today, when I use the phrase godly father, I am not referring to fathers who are perfect in their living and in their parenting. Quite the contrary. I am referring to fathers who are totally dependent upon the grace of God, both in their living and in their parenting. Larry Crabb has a wonderful little book called The Silence of Adam. And in that book, Larry Crabb suggests that godly fathers are to deliver three messages to their children. 
The three messages are, it can be done. I believe in you. You are not alone. I would go on to suggest that all of us as males, biological fathers, adoptive fathers, surrogate fathers, stepfathers, grandfathers, or just male role models, all of us can deliver those three messages to the children who are coming along after us. It can be done. I believe in you. You are not alone. I want to take those three messages and fill out the blanks by referring you to the experience of Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus. If you think it's hard to be a father these days, well, let me ask you to consider how hard it must have been for Joseph to be a father. I mean, given the circumstances he had to face. Take a look with me for just a few moments. A godly father delivers to his children this message. It can be done. That is the message of courage. Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, was quite clearly, I think, a man of great courage. One example. Shortly after Jesus was born, when this family had to face the murderous threats of King Herod, at that point Joseph gathered up his wife and his newborn child and he proceeded with them to brave a long hazardous journey across trackless desert wastes all the way to Egypt. And there, in a land not his own, living with the constant fear of detection, there Joseph provided care and protection for his family, all during an exile which lasted at least several years. I believe it was his courage that led Jesus to so admire and respect Joseph. So much did he admire and respect him that later on Jesus began to refer to God as Father. Joseph was, you see, a godly father who delivered to his son the message of courage. It can be done. Later on, when Jesus had to face the pain of opposition and crucifixion, he faced all of that with incredible courage. And I believe he thought to himself, it can be done. My earthly father, Joseph, did it. He faced fear and failure, heartache and opposition. And because he trusted in God, he made it through. It can be done. That's the message that a godly father or grandfather ought to be delivering to children and grandchildren. The message of courage. It can be done. It's a wonderful little piece. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's entitled, 
how fathers mature. It's actually rather cute because you see, in spite of the title, what it is, it is an account of how children actually transition in their understanding of their fathers. Listen, <laughs> four years, my daddy can do anything. Seven years, my dad knows a whole lot. Nine years, dad doesn't know quite everything. Twelve years, my dad just doesn't understand. Fourteen years, pop is so old-fashioned. Seventeen years, the old man is out of touch and out to lunch. Twenty-five years, dad's okay. Thirty years, I wonder what dad would think about this. Fifty years, I wish I could get my dad's input right now. Sixty years, I wish we could have one more talk together. My dad is now with the Lord. My dad's life on this earth was not easy. It was good. It was very, very good, but it was not easy. And in fact, the last 15 years of his life were filled with an almost overwhelming pain and heartache as he nursed my mother through all those years of Alzheimer's disease. His life was very good, but it wasn't easy. And yet through it all, he kept trusting in God, and he kept delivering to his son the message of courage. And that is why, even though I may never reach his stature, I will still follow his example. Always being of good courage, making it my aim in life as it was his to always please the Lord. That's the message my dad delivered to me, the message of courage. It can be done. Let me urge you, fathers, grandfathers, deliver, never fail to deliver to your children and to your grandchildren or to any children within the circle of your care and concern, never fail to deliver to them the message of courage. It can be done. That's the first message a godly father delivers to his children. And a godly father delivers to his children this message. I believe in you. That's the message of faith. Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, was quite clearly a man of faith, great faith. Just one example. We're told in the Bible that when Jesus was 12 years of age, Joseph took him all the way to the city of Jerusalem so that Jesus could study under the leading rabbis in the temple at Jerusalem. Now, I want to suggest to you that only a father with a great faith determined to share that faith with his child would have undertaken such a spiritual pilgrimage on the limited financial resources Joseph possessed. But that is precisely what Joseph did. Joseph delivered to his son the message of faith. By the way, that reminds me, you can note this down. The greatest inheritance a godly father or grandfather can leave to his children and grandchildren is not money. It's faith. They need to know that they belong to God. Our children are not ours, they are God's. And they need to know that they belong to God and they will be His forever. Now what that means in practical terms is this. 
If you have a broken relationship in your family circle right now, then let me call you to begin putting that right right now. Robert Fulgham, in a little book called From Beginning to End, tells of the relationship, or rather the lack thereof, between him and his now deceased mother and father. Listen to what he wrote. My parents died without any reconciliation between us. I, their only child, did not live up to their expectations, nor did they to mine. I wish it had not been so, and they must have felt the same way. The ritual of reunion never happened. The distance between us was so great that I didn't even attend their funerals. Though I tried to sort through that story to make sense of it, I cannot. Perhaps when I'm older and wiser, I will understand. I only mention this because it is important to acknowledge how much I empathize with those for whom reunion remains an unfulfilled hope. Some things, when broken, cannot be fixed. My parents probably wanted to welcome me home as deeply as I wanted to be welcomed. Now, in my later years, I sympathize with their sadness when, from time to time, a distance develops between me and my children. How incredibly sad. Robert Fulgham may be right about a few things in life, but he is dead wrong when he says some things in life when broken cannot be fixed. The cross of Jesus Christ says no to that. The cross of Jesus Christ says anything in life when broken can be fixed by the love and the mercy and the grace and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. So be engaged in building, or if necessary, repairing the relationships in your life, particularly the relationships between parent and child. Give your children and your grandchildren the gift of faith. That means taking them to church, yes. Because being in church every Sunday does keep you grounded in the faith. But it means much more than that. It means bringing the values and the language of the faith into your home. Play spiritual music. Incorporate grace at mealtimes. Set aside regular times for family prayer and study. Tell your children and your grandchildren what you believe and why you believe it and how you believe it and how it impacts your everyday life. Let them hear it from you directly. Say to them, I believe in you because God believes in you. Give to them the gift of faith. And then a godly father delivers to his children the message, you are not alone. That is the message of love. Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, was obviously a very loving father. We catch glimpses of that, but glimpses are enough. Just one example. In this story where uh, Jesus was in the temple at Jerusalem. You remember in the story it tells us uh, that in the course of that visit to Jerusalem, Jesus and his parents got separated. And his parents were searching for him diligently, maybe even frantically, you kind of get that feeling. They searched for him for three days, the Bible tells us. 
And then they found it. And his mother Mary said to him, and I want you to listen very carefully to the words. Mary said to him, your father and I have been searching anxiously for you. I submit to you, only a loving father can be an anxious father. It happened a few years back. I read about it in the newspaper. A man was flying a single-engine plane over the great Okefenokee Swamp over in Georgia. That's a risky thing to do because if something happens to the plane, there's no place to set it down in the Okefenokee Swamp. Nothing but a marshland, bogs and pools and alligators and snakes. It's not the kind of place you want to be. Well, this plane lost its engine, and the plane plunged into the Okefenokee Swamp. A rescue was set up and put in place, and the rescue teams began to move out into the swamp, searching for the plane and the pilot. They searched and found some pieces of the plane, but they never found the pilot. The pilot's father, in the meantime, was at the search command post hour after hour, hoping and praying. After several days, the searchers gave up. They came to the father and they said, we're sorry. Your son obviously did not survive, but we cannot find his body. The search was then called off. It was at that point that this father, 72 years old, white-haired, physically mm, a little frail, with no special equipment, actually went into the great Okefenokee swamp himself. Later on, when he came out of the swamp, he was carrying the body of his son. The reporters said to him, Mr. Maddox, how did you do that? The rescuer said they couldn't find your son. And Mr. Maddox said, you just don't understand. That was my boy in there, and I wouldn't come out without him. Fathers and grandfathers, deliver that message of love to your children and your grandchildren. You are not alone. You will never be alone. I will be there with you and for you, and so will God. You remember that line I asked you to tuck away in the side of your brain? Get it out. The love we hold back here on earth is the only pain that will follow us hereafter in heaven. Dear friends, love at all costs, love those whom God has given you to love. That reminds me of Barry, father, and his young son, Andrew. Andrew suffers from Down syndrome. Andrew has a body that's 15 years old, but his mind stopped growing when he was four. Barry, when encountered with that, couldn't stomach it. He couldn't accept his son's limitations. He began to resent his boy. Ultimately, he lapsed into depression. He then suffered a nervous breakdown. After some rather extensive counseling and some extraordinary love and support from his church family, Barry began to turn things around. He began to see his son Andrew for who he was, not for who he wished he might be. Barry's return to wellness evoked an amazing response in Andrew. Let me give you an example. Andrew in his Sunday school class, the Sunday school teacher, made a parallel between the consistent rising of the sun and the moon 
and the consistent love that God has for us. Andrew was completely captivated by that idea. And so he said to his dad, Dad, can we watch the moon rise the next time it does? Barry said, sure, son. And so on the next full moon, the whole family gathered out on the front porch facing the eastern horizon. Andrew actually began to tremble with excitement. And then, just as the moon began to rise above the distant hills, Andrew suddenly began to cry. And he did something he'd never done before. He circled his dad with his arms. And he said, Dad, have you ever seen the moon rise before? Barry was so moved he couldn't even respond. The whole family sat in silence for a few moments. It was as if Andrew's sense of awe was contagious. And they watched the moon rise into the night sky. And when the full moon could be seen there, Andrew, still holding on to his dad, said, Dad, you know, God loves us like that. You know that, don't you, Dad? It's amazing. To this very day, every full moon, the whole family gathers on the front porch and they watch the moon rise together. Andrew and his dad always sit right next to one another with their arms around each other. Never easy to be a father. Never. Or to be a mother, for that matter. But by the grace of God in Jesus Christ, we can do it. We can encourage each other in faith. We can affirm each other in hope. We can accept each other in love. And every once in a while, we can wrap our arms around each other and watch the moon rise and remember how much God loves us all. Fathers, grandfather, on this Father's Day, tuck that away in your heart. Pray with me, please. God on high, hear my prayer. I thank you today for my dad, who spent so many years in a pulpit like this and now watches his son do the same. And I thank you for the great blessing you have given me to be an adoptive father and now <laughs> a grandfather. Will you help me try to be worthy of both? Amen.